Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of At The Checkpoint. I seem to have my studio halfway up on the side of a, of a mountain this morning. Hang on, who, who's this running up to, to? It looks like a British international elite sky running, mountain running, trial runner. The man himself, Seb Bachelor. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, we're good. Hey, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, the show. I know how busy you are with your um, with your studies at the moment. Um, I'm just going to make a, a quick brew. Could you just let the listeners, um, well, have a quick intro of who you are, and then we'll we'll have a good little matter about yourself and also the um, the the Golden Trial World Series and the Golden Trial National Series, uh, which is brand new for this year. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, hi, I'm I'm Seb Bachelor. I'm I'm British international. Sky Mountain and Trail Runner, represented Great Britain in both the mountain running and trail running teams. I compete for Team Salomon. I am also currently studying for a degree in veterinary medicine at the University of Liverpool and former professional cyclist where I raced cross-country mountain biking. Fantastic. And a brilliant congratulations on, you know, representing GB. And, and we'll go into that a little bit more in, in detail in a minute. First of all, tell me, you go from mountain biking to um, sky running and stuff. Were you already, you know, doing a lot of running or how did you make the decision to go from cycle to foot? Uh, yeah, so I did a lot of running when I was at school and that was my main main sport, competing in cross countries and on the track. Um, and then it was when I was about 16, I got more and more into, into the biking and that kind of took over. And it was sort of, yeah, in sort of 2015 when I thought I was going to round up my cycling career for a, a number of reasons, one of which I wanted to go and study veterinary. I didn't want to get too much older. Um, and I needed something to still kind of keep focused on and um, keep motivated. I'm a very competitive person. So I um, started running again and can't really do anything by half. So got addicted and here we are. Oh, that's, that's that's brilliant. And uh, what what season did you start to notice? Well, was there a defining moment, um, Seb, when you started to you know had you changed your your running plan or was it the consistency? What led to you um, you know being offered a a GB a GB spot? Um, I think it it just took a little bit of time initially. I don't think spending the best part of ten years doing nothing but riding a bikes. A very good idea um, to then go into into running because obviously it's a non-impact sport and I didn't do a heap of running during my cycling um, career. So initially when I started doing um, a lot of running again back in um, sort of 2016, um, I picked up a lot of injuries on the trot and that was a you know, classic case of, of too much too soon. Um, mm. And then um, I kind of got a little bit more switched on um, with what I was doing and realised I couldn't just go out and, you know, and beat out like three or four hour runs. Um, you know, I need to build into it. Um, so then I started, um, did the odd race in the back end of 2017, a couple of fell races. And I had in mind that I wanted to get into the sky running because that's what appealed, like being in the mountains. Um, yeah. So then I went to the Scarfell Sky Race um, in 2018 june 2018 and came third behind john alban and tom evans 
both and, you know fairly yeah. well-renowned runners so i thought yeah i'm just well, gonna, just gonna stop you there for a minute if people want to google uh john alban and tom evans um john a serious um runner but also an incredible um all-rounder and yeah well tom evans that you know 2017 was the year he, he belted into the into the running scene with Marathon de Sables coming third and then so you for you to get a third between behind those two I'm gonna call them running gods is uh, <laughs> flipping out pretty incredible so so you know between the seconds you know the, the quiet hours what what were you doing with your training you know what was your your plan how were you getting to that level you know, as well um, as you know, what are these little bits of nuggets that you were doing? Yeah, that, that's a good question. That's something people ask me quite a lot, actually. Like, sort of, how have you got to this point in a relatively short period of time? Mm. And the, well, the kind of, yeah, the crux of it really is because I spent seven years doing nothing but training. And even though it wasn't running, you know, I was still doing yeah. huge volume on the bike and, I've, in that time, I built built up a massive sort of endurance base, and though therefore now I don't find it very difficult to get into good shape. Even though it's a different sport, it hasn't doesn't seem to take very much to get to get fit. Um, so I think if people actually looked at my training, they'd think, you know, say what, you know, like it's not crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> say what? Yeah, yeah, really, it's like that. You know, um, it's not like crazy mileage. Um, it's not loads and loads of intervals, um, primarily just because I just don't have the time. Like I would love to be able to train closer to how I trained on the bike to to for the running, because I think I could definitely be significantly better. But I just don't have the time with my studying and other commitments. Um, but yeah, it really boils down to the fact of just having seven, nearly eight years of of um, being a professional athlete before it. And how long were you in the saddle? You know, your, 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 you say the volume, mm-hmm. you know, what was your um, volume throughout the week? How many hours would you be spending in the saddle training or racing just to, Yeah, you know, I think this is a good opportunity for potential, um, you know, cyclists that are listening to the show thinking, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind doing trial running. And if they've already got, as you say, that foundation, that it's going to be an easy transfer for their their body system you know to move across so yeah think, what was your yeah I think it's an easy transfer from like a cardiovascular point of view and respiratory like, point of view but from mas- musculoskeletal it's really difficult you know as I said it initially I picked up a lot of injuries um but the training changed quite a bit over my career because um it was quite old school to start with um when I was when I left school I went into the British performance program and we just did big miles we'd do like you know 30 35 hours a week just on the bike um not an awful lot else so it's really based around that whereas the back end of when I was racing 2014 2015 the races distance and time had come down become more intense more technical so I'd spend less hours on the bike you know say in the the winter we used to go over to South Africa and swan about in the sun and do maybe 18 to 20 hours on the bike in a big week but then spend a lot more time at the gym doing power stuff and stability um so it 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 swang it swung quite a bit in that kind of seven eight year period from really really big volume a lot of the year to much more specific um 
specific work. And I think it gives you um, a habitual way of training. And, and you know, it just linked on to what you were saying. If, if you're already used to that amount, you know, then whenever you're doing other things, it becomes the norm, like learning an instrument. You've already got all that information before, you know, it, it, it goes across. So I think that's incredible when you just said you were third in 2018 between behind those two. Because um, I saw uh, Jonathan in the Worlds, uh, the Trial Worlds last year in Portugal. Mm. And it's, he's just incredible. And, you know, the likes of Tom. So that's, you know, something to be... And how old are you? Um, oh, oh gosh, I'm, I'm cracking on now. I'm, I'm turning 30 this year. Do you know what? There's there's you, there's Andrew Davis, and there's Hugh Davis. You're all these baby-faced runners <laughs> that I'm convinced <laughs> are made in a lab and you're just coming out with these rubbish excuses that you're a vet training or you've done, you're, you're, you're these guys that are in this lab, right? That's another one that's going into the lab um, <laughs> um, questionnaire that I'm going to be putting together. So, yeah, um, you know, you sent me over your CV yesterday and it's phenomenal, you know, 2017. Um, you know, as you say, you started in the fell races, first in the roaches, uh, third in the grin and bear. Fell running. Um, you know that that's that's what I love, and I think it's it's where you 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 find your feet, and also what it's all about. I'd say, isn't it, Seb? You know, where where do you, what club do you run for? Oh, I'm I don't run for anyone. I'm not. No. I'm unattached on the club front. Um, okay. but no, I just I started in the off doing a couple of fell races just because I wanted to get into it, and it's yeah. quite an inclusive scene, isn't it? Um, fell running, everyone's really nice. Um. And yeah, that just kind of kick-started getting back into in, into running racing, really, after kind of a nearly, well, 12-year hiatus. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing to hear as well, that even if you're not a member of a club, you can just rock up to a fell race, you know, pay a couple of quid. Mm. There's always a warm welcome from everyone. You can just give it a go, can't you? You know, it's it's there for for all levels and there isn't sort of any paperwork to fill out or any you know you know people having to take their photographs or anything like that start off with off they go they can just run up a mountain and and make some really good pals um from it so yeah exactly yeah it is yeah everyone's really nice and the as you as you say just just being able to enter on the day doesn't cost much so when i went and did the roaches back in 2017 i just thought the day before i thought yeah i'll go i'll go and do it and have a crack and the beauty of being able to do that and you hardly need any kit and yeah, you just go out and run and it's, it's kind of, a, it's very free form of uh, trail or, you know, fell running or mountain running or, you know, isn't it really? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's that freedom. I think it's the, it's the rawness of it. And no, I yeah, exactly. And I think every time that I go fell running, I'm like, never doing that again. That's it. <laughs> That's completely pointless. No, I do, right? and, I then, think... and then you forget, don't you? Well, you're okay. You've got like your your lab made body. But <laughs> I think for for, for Joe Boggs like me, who's normally at the back sweating, and it's like you, you, but you just but it's just so as you say, it's addictive. It is. You say you say that though about you know. The, but I remember when the first fell race I did, I came, was crashing through the heather, and I got to the end of it, and I thought, how have I not done my ACL? You know. Mm-hmm. Coming, coming through that, you've no idea where your foot placement's going. Like knee, you know. Oh yeah, it's it's brutal on the body, but 
you know, I've got a lot of respect for some of these guys that absolutely fly down the fly the sound oh, the side of these spells because I couldn't do that. Yeah, it's something. But as you say, it's amazing. You know, whenever you were mentioning where you know your, your foot goes into the heather and so on, you have got those. I think everybody will agree who have you know who fell run such a, a colourful flashback of certain moments. There's a lot of colour in your memories mm. from, uh, you know, even the shortest, the foul runs. You can remember that bit of, you know, that, that bit of gravel or, you know, the, the, those stone mounds that you're having to run over. Th- there's such a clear memory. And that's what I like about it because you're, you're so alert whenever you, you're, you're in, in that kind of environment. Uh-huh. So fantastic. And then, you know, we're looking at, 2018 can we just as you say go to your third place mm-hmm. um what had your training been around that area you know had you gone out and done lots of wrecking yeah so i went and i ran i went and wrecked the course in in two halves because it was um i'm not sure the distance of what the scarf sky race is now but it was 42k at the time um yeah. 3,000 meters of climbing i think um so i went and wrecked it over a couple of days um, just to get a feel for it. Um, yeah. In the in the build up, this is this is the kind of the crazy thing when I look back at it now. I'd hardly done any like proper mountain running before that race. Oh, um, hilarious! Yeah, which is which is partly why Love made. <laughs> it was partly why I, I mean I kind of blew to shreds a little bit. It was if you remember in 2018 in the summer it was absolutely baking. Remember we had that yeah. real dry spell and it was so hot. And um, I remember dropping down into, uh, I don't know, the halfway point. Is it called Sea Troller? Or, um, I'm not sure. Anyway, one point in the lake's not very clued in on my lake's geography. And having just completely blown my quads out, dropping off Scarfell and Bowfell, I think it is, and thinking, oh, my God, I've got sort of 20 plus K to go. This is going to be absolute agony. And, and it was. It was certainly one of you know, including the bike race, it's one of the hardest races I think I've ever done. A combination of heat, quads blown to shreds, and yeah, it was some serious suffering going down to hold on to that third place. Believe me. <laughs> no, I think that's coming. And how many were in the field? How many were, how oh, many were running? I, I can't remember now. Um, I think it was. I think they get a decent field each year. Um, yeah, they yeah. And then if we go to say last year, you know, you had. You had your team Solomon athlete. How does it feel whenever you do that? Um, do they approach you or do you approach them? You know, whenever you, you know, get um, become an ambassador, you know, you're a Solomon ambassador. Do they like to phone you up or is it so? How does that, that kind of thing work? Uh, different companies are different. Um, some Sometimes you get approached. With, with Solomon, I approached, I approached them back in 2018. That was after I got selected for the British team for the Skyrunning World Champs. And I thought yeah. I've kind of got a little bit of credibility behind me now. And I've always been a big Salmon kind of fan. I really like their gear, whether it's in their ski gear or their running gear. And I thought, you know, they look like a great, fun company. Um, so I approached them and met up with them when I was in Glencoe for the Skyrunning. And yeah. um, off the back of that result, uh, I was able to pick up a deal with them, which has been really cool. And, they're really fun and great company to be involved with, and yeah, make pretty sweet, sweet kit. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm just gonna. I picked up on another sport that you haven't. You've omitted from the infamy ski gear. Are you a are you a skier? <laughs> what, what, what? Yeah, I, 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 I enjoy going skiing. <laughs> yeah, I like doing the ski touring, and I'm starting to get a bit more into ski mountaineering. Um, but 
when when I can, when time permits, and can get over to to Europe and get into the mountains. It's I certainly think it's the environment where I feel kind of most comfortable and happiest in. And um, yeah, yeah it's think... a great sport. And it's also well, it's leading to the the fact that the more diversity that people have with their training and fun with their training, um, as you know, speaking with Petter Restorp after he, um, mm. he got sixth in the Hong Kong hundreds, and he mixes it up with skiing and running, and John does the same, and mm. you know, um, you know, John Kelly coming from a, a triathlon background so it, it just shows that it's it's okay not to just run i think like, i think i think this is it yeah is i think important. i think yeah i was going to say that i think it's really important because i think one of the problems we have in the uk is that our winter is very similar to our summer apart from it's just colder and wetter um yeah. so we end up just doing the same thing we do in the summer but just in worse weather whereas in europe so i, I lived in france a bit during my cycling career I used to cross-country ski in the winter and it kind of breaks the cycle you know it gives something different for your body to do and then when you come back to whether it was cycling or if it's running then you're kind of mentally refreshed and certainly from running I just think having 12 months or of impact is, is isn't great for the body um mm. I mean I'm certainly I'm sure if you talk to uh John Alban about it um I had a good chat with him when we were out in Argentina last year about his about his training and since he started doing uh, more ski touring and ski mountaineering he's really noticed a big difference and I think it's probably a combination of mentally refreshing yourself as well as just resting the body from from the impact I think it's really important so certainly getting on the bike and and things in this country when you can um, is very beneficial yeah I think that's that's such such a, a great idea and so, right then, Team Solomon, you mentioned them. We'll go over, because I am, people know, as well as a trucker's hat geek. By the way, uh, if you can send me a signed trucker's hat in <laughs> the show. We, we, we've got like a trucker hat's tree where, I'm, where I've got in my studio. Uh, so we've got, you know, all the, and then we just have them up there just to annoy my wife. I'm, I'm sure I can sort that out. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm also a running shoe geek okay. I'm 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 geekified you know I, I I've got a collection of, of vintage I also you know uh have different you know trainers uh to for different occasions and so on mm-hmm. but as well as running the Solomon um you know I last last Solomon I, I ran in I think was the S-Lab just because of the comfort and you know it, it's such an all-round shoe but this is, you know, kit. This is the kit section where people get their pens and papers out. <laughs> for, for, for in the hills and stuff, what yeah. have you got on your feet? Uh, well, uh, socks first and stuff. You know, um, what what do you wear? Oh, I actually, for, for socks, it's a bit of a rogue one. So I, I run an X socks. Um, yeah. That's that's actually not a sponsor deal. Um, just because I've used X socks for a number of years and I found found they're really good and um, they last really well and I don't tend to get blisters. So. And was that from the cycling time as well, or you? Just uh, no, just when we used to do a little bit of running when um, in the winter, when on the bike, and I started wearing them years back. And then when I started running a lot more, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, I continued wearing them. And, yeah, they just work for me. Um, I think they're a really good, durable, durable sock. Yeah, 
And then, so yeah, on your feet, as you say, we've got various weather and terrain and so on. What's in your shoe cupboard? What, what, oh, the shoe arsenal, yeah. Uh, yeah. The shoe arsenal. <laughs> the shoe arsenal, yeah. Um, steal that, if you don't mind. There you have the shoe you're, arsenal. You're welcome That's to. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I'm, I've kind of got three shoes that I rotate between mainly. Um, so that's the S-Lab Sense Soft Ground, the dry ground version, and then the S-Lab Amphib 2. Um, the what one? The, what the was Amphib. 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 Like, yeah. a, like amphibious. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I say mostly I race in the um, Sense Soft Ground for the, the mountain races. Um, it's super light. It weighs only like 200 grams, I think. Um, but it's got enough lug depth that you still got control on the downhills um, as well as good grip on the up. And I find that, you know, might not work for everyone because it's so pared down. It doesn't even have a removable inner sole. It's like stitched in. But mm. I find that if I can feel the ground and I've got really good feedback from the ground, I feel fast um, rather than having a shoe that kind of you know, is more cushioned and... Um, I don't know, absorb something. I found like a heavier, more cushion shoe absorbs my energy, even though perhaps it isn't, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And how, how would you zone in your feet receptors in a sense? You know, like for people are hearing this, they're thinking, hang on, how's he on about feeling it? You know, how do you, <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, there is a, a form, you know, do you, you know, do lots of different, uh, training specifically on you, not like running on your feet, but with your feet, you know, to to strengthen your, you know, your ankles, your toes, and everything. Because I think a lot of people miss miss mm -hmm. doing that, and that's where, as you say, you've got a lot of your sensitivity. I think that's that's a really good, really good point, and something that I started working on last year with my physio actually was building up foot strength, and um, because obviously our feet are our contact point with the ground. Why do we go in the gym and train our quads, hamstrings, calves, core, and then neglect our feet when that's where all the power is coming through? Um, mm. So, yeah, so my physio got me on to, um, in fact, like a couple of different things where we have almost looks like a bit of drainage pipe um, and you stand on two drainage pipes and you can do exercise on them and it just strengthens the plantar fascia and the muscles in the, in the bottom of your foot. And then another um, exercise technique that we've been doing are kind of like little balance boards, like tiny little ones for your feet, which have got like kind of half dome semicircles on the bottom of them. And you just balance on them and you can do different exercises on them whilst balancing all the time. And it, and it just strengthens all the, all the small muscles in your feet and around your ankles and, and um, stabilizers. And if any of the listeners are not twitching or moving their feet, listening to that bit, then because I was just looking down at my feet and like my toes were just moving around and so on. And it is, as you say, it, to feel that balance. Because, and I think that's a, a, a huge take-home um, bit of knowledge from from the show just now for people just to to practice and you know Google and you know, rather than, you know, work, because as you say, they're your senses. Mm. And was it your physio that led you to that? Or was it something that you thought, oh, do you know what? I've spoke with others about this. That, you know, I want to, you know, start no. um, bringing this into my practice. No, that was my physio. So I work with a physio 
Donna Strachan, who's based on the on the Wirral at the Cairo Physio Clinic, and um, I had a picked up an Achilles tendon injury last February, and we were looking at how to offload or offload the Achilles or the, the pressure going through the Achilles, and um, yeah. we basically identified that um, I wasn't really strong enough. I wasn't holding my foot in the correct position. You know, I was kind of collapsing in, um, which is, I think is quite yeah. common um, in, in runners. Um, so that's when um, she got me onto these um, foot exercises. So it's been nearly nearly a year of doing these exercises. And you, it's, it's kind of weird to start with because um, you're not used to training your feet. Um, but when you kind of get into it, you realize, hang on, this, this totally makes sense. Like, why, why have I not been training my feet, um, given how important they are for, for running? And even just general life, you know, for your posture. And I think, you know, as you say, physio back in the day was seen as if you had a, a serious injury or something. But, I, you know, they're, they're worth their weight for your, well, for your, for how you race and also for how, how you train. So, you know, they're definitely recommended mm-hmm. to go and visit. I'll put her notes. She'll have the busiest day of her life tomorrow. <laughs> All of this, like, we're getting loads of people asking yeah. about my feet and stuff. But, yeah. Um, you know, highly recommend going to see physios because sure. they do so much study to get to where they are to be able to give their advice. It's you know, and it's like it's like getting your hair done in a sense. Sort yeah, of I think so it, yeah. Let's yeah, talk. Go yeah, go no, no, I was go I was going to say no, no, I was going to say on. that it's um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, a physio or someone that's clued in on strength and conditioning, you don't need to go and see those people just because you have a problem. They can also you know, increase your performance, even if you don't think you have a problem, but you're going to have something that's not in a line or something that can be worked on. And they see things and they have knowledge in areas that you don't have. I think, I think it's being receptive to the knowledge that there's always going to be people that know more than you in a certain area. And it's kind of using that information and, and working with a, with a good group of people. No, as you say, it's always growing that exactly. knowledge and, yeah. and, and confidence. Now I am like what's the word? I don't know. I'm just like a kid in a in a in a shop full of shoes or whatever. <laughs> Gold Trail World Series yeah. is starting on the twenty fourth of May. The World Series yeah. um, in España. Um, however, launching for this year, I'm just I just I just love this kind of stuff. I've got my little Gold Trail World Series truckers hat as I'm nice. just chatting here now. You know, nobody can see me, but I'm sat wearing this. <laughs> But we've got the Nationals, um, which is starting this year. Can you explain a little bit about what that is and um, how people can get involved that aren't, you know, the elites or if they mm-hmm. want to go and watch it or follow it? What do they do? Because this is, this is the biz. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so this year they've launched the National national Golden Trail. So obviously the Golden Trail was something that Salomon pulled together, um, piecing together, you know, some of the best the best trail races in the world. Um, and they've rolled that out into, I think, um, maybe like five, five different national series, one of which we're lucky enough to have here in the UK. And so there's, there's going to be four rounds of the UK um, Golden Trail series starting at the Trail Marathon Wales, which is at Cody Brennan. And that's on yeah, the I'm back just, end I'm, of June, I'm isn't just gonna, it? Yeah, I'm just going to but in yeah uh, because hearing so where we are north wales and so on i'm just literally about an hour and a half away from um the brennan which is 
oh, it's just such a great place to go and run. Um, and, you know, there's mountain biking and so on there. So, yeah, for, for somebody who's based in North Wales, for me, this is like getting the, the Willy Wonka ticket to go and visit, <laughs> mm-hmm. seeing, you know, all you guys. And, you know, it, it's, 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 just, it's just fantastic. So I'm just going to let you carry on, but I'm just... I'm all. I'm in all. Yeah. Anyway, I know that's organised by Matt Ward, who 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 um, manages the. Is my hero. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. Great guy. For, for anybody, for anybody that um, who doesn't know Matt, is well, you should. <laughs> uh, world. You need to know Matt Ward um, laid me as an egg, um, and I became a, a mini version of him, <laughs> and I have a, I have a a little. A little shrine to him that I say <laughs> to him and the microphone every night. Matt is such such a knowledgeable guy yeah. about the sport, and he's just you know he's he's on the series, and you know he's he's one of the best uh, I'd say MCs out there. Um, he's he's just he's just great, and it's just for having him behind it all, you know, at Coida Brennan is just going to mm-hmm. bring so much energy uh, to it all. But yeah, so yeah. And then, yeah, the next one. So is... that's the, I think the next one's down. I think it's called the Serpent Trail, which I think somewhere on the on the yeah. south coast. Um, that's, so that's a that's, that's a fifty k. I think that's looking relatively flat and fast, which is, if I'm talking from my point of view, not ideal. But um, needs to do a bit of speed work before that one. Um, so that's good for people, yeah. sort of you know, Southampton, South of London area. Um, good one to get down to. Um, then the third in the series is the Scarfell Pike Marathon. So that's different to the Sky Race I did back in 2018. Um, I think that's what is that August time? I think it's basically one a month. Yeah. yeah. Um, and where do they start the Scarfell Pike? Because I've done the three peaks, uh, but that was we were we were doing the bit that that was the sailing one where we had a few runners. And I know Scarfell Pike can be we. Um, we stopped the boat and then the runners had to cycle from the harbour to that. Obviously, you're not going to be doing that, but <laughs> the Scarfell Pike, yeah. Yeah, okay, guys, we're going to throw in a bike. I'll be all right. I'll be, I'll be game for that. Yeah, yeah it'll be fine. It'll be like, okay, we've reached yeah. it just so it's assisting several. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the Scarfell one, is that, I think you know, it, does that start right at the front? I think it starts. I think it, the start and finish is on opposite side of Derwent Water outside Keswick, I think. Ah, um, yeah. And then I think you just run out to Scarfell, do a loop round it, back in on the other side of Derwent Water and sort of back into the edge of Keswick. Um, as I said, my yeah. legs geography is not, not brilliant and you probably need to ask a local, but um, I think that, that's obviously going to be an awesome course. You know, anything in the lakes is, yeah. is, is, is great fun. And then you've got the... Um, the Ring of the Ring of Steel mm. Sky Race on the nineteenth of September. Yeah, so so that's that's what that's the that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, that's what I call a proper proper mountain race, um, brutally hard. Yeah. Even though it's the shortest one in the series, um, I, well, I might, might speak too soon. Perhaps the, the Serpent Trail 50k will be be worse, but uh, <laughs> got a yeah, yeah. in it. So now it's a great race. Me, I'm throwing all yeah. the words. Um, but yeah, that's the final one. But if but anyone that's wanting to have a full crack at the series, how it works is so there's, there's four rounds and three counts, but you have to do the Ring of Steel at the end. So you could do, say, Trail Marathon Wales and Scarfell Park Marathon and then Ring of Steel, um, yeah. for example, if you, if you wanted to go for the, the full series and have a crack at getting yourself a trip to the Azores in uh, November. And so, so it, 
can anybody, you know, okay, I'm a runner, you know, I, I do foul running, you know, I like going running with my friends, I enjoy it. Can anybody do these races? I believe so, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't, th- I don't I think any of the races are vetted. Um, so you could have a crack at all the full distances. But, you know, each one they've got different different distances. So, you know, if you wanted to, to go to the event but didn't want to do the full marathon or the full 50, I think, I think you can do yeah. a half. Certainly Trail Marathon Wales, they've got the half and um, other events going on. So there's, there's, there's yeah. lots to have a crack at depending on, you know, kind of what distance and what level you're at currently. And I think this is what's so special about our sport is, you know, if this was football, it'd be able to, you know, go and have a go and have a game of football with United and 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 Liverpool mm. on a Saturday and and run along and be around, you know, the elites, and you're able to just, you know, soak all that in, and it does, you know, it inspires, it energizes, you know, the the weekend runners as well. So I think that's yeah. That oh, I'm just so excited for mm. the nationals because it's going to be it's just going to be fantastic, and then. In terms of the World Series, are you are you doing any that? Of, that that's to be confirmed. Um, I'm seeing what I can fit in at the moment. Um, kind yeah. of restricted on time a little bit with with the studying. Um, but well, let's let, let's go over to mm. the studying and so on. Um, in terms of the veterinary yeah. course, how, what year are you? So I'm in third now? year at the moment, so uh, it's it's years, a five five it five, a five year, year five year slog. Yeah, yeah. five year course. And then what made you, um, let's get to know a little bit more <laughs> about Seb, <laughs> uh, for the lab. Yes. Whenever, you know, what, what made you think, oh, do you know what I mean? I really want to be a vet. Uh, was it purely you wanted to be around chickens <laughs> or was it because, no, only joking. Um, what, are you from a, a, you know, a farm background? Or... Yeah, the, the, fam, the family's been, been in agriculture um, for a couple of, couple of generations, um, um, dad, dad, my dad was a farm manager, and now he works in the agri tech sector. Um, so I'm quite right. interested. Um, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a little bit niche in that I, had, I didn't go in thinking oh, I love animals and I want to be I want to be a dog vet. Um, I kind of came in at it in that I'm interested in farming and how we can become more efficient in what we're doing, um, mm. and kind of driving business profitability without the sacrifice of animal welfare or the the product that we're producing so that's kind of where i came came in at it which is a probably a fair bit different to most people um but that's kind of what interests me and a bit oddly i'm quite interested in genetics and sort of how we can you know kind of use genetics around our our breeding plans and and things like that mainly in cattle that's my my main interest and I, in terms of the cattle, because um, I live on a farm, farmer, um, in terms of, you know, this interest, are, are you going to develop your veterinary to, you know, as you say, especially with with how the animals um, are developed and everything and how we, you know, look after mm-hmm. them? Is this something that you're going to be, you know, writing books on and because you've got such a not but you've got such a knowledge and i think you know what what once you you know you said right at the start of the of the uh interview it's all or not, mm. nothing so i don't think you're just going to be an average vet here you're not you know i think there's there's you know there's going to be more more to your veterinary once once you know you start with that yeah you, you picked that up pretty well um yeah, I think I couldn't just be, I don't think I, well, time will tell, but I don't think I can just 
beat of that. I have to feel like I'm doing something that's really driving like innovation and driving farming efficiency. Um, how that looks at the moment, I'm not 100% sure. It's a very kind of like small area of, of farm veterinary. Um, there are like a few people doing it in the UK at the moment, but I think I think we're going to have to go go that way. Everyone to become more specialist, and we're going to have to mm. like look at what we're doing. And obviously, it's a big drive at the moment on on reducing methane emissions. And you know, people without wanting to get too political on it, um, people think well, the thing to do is to reduce um, maybe the amount of meat we're eating, which not going to say I'm going to disagree with, um, but it's actually how can we be producing animals that have got less byproducts because the byproduct being methane, and and that mm. we can do through um, considered breeding decisions rather than just breeding, kind of without thinking about it. We're actually breeding for like feeding efficiency. Therefore, what they're eating, they're converting rather than losing. Um, so it ties in from like an environmental point of view as well and. I think that has to be considered going forwards as well. I, uh, yeah, I think, you know, for, for you as a student, I'd be like, he, you know, he's going to get an A star. I, you know, this guy's you know, so no, brilliant. And then so juggling. Yeah. Um, not that, um, you know, I spoke with Petter Estop. He was my last guest on and he was saying he's a firefighter. He's a family man. He came sixth, sixth in the Hong Kong hundreds and he does 12 hours a week training. <laughs> How much training are you putting in a week to, you know, get these oh, results? I'm probably, I'm probably around the same. Yeah. Um, in so, so you won't you won't ever see me racing before June, and that's because I just don't feel like I've got the time to prepare properly for a race during um, during a term during turn time because I'm going into a race. I want to do really well. I can't just race. You know, some people race a lot. I prefer just to do a few yeah. races and try and do really well at what I do. Um, so yeah, I, I find it, I honestly, I find it quite difficult, um, fitting everything in and realistically, I don't have enough time, um, during the term. And then by the time kind of summer rolls around, I can disappear off to Scotland or, you know, last year I went to Switzerland for a little bit and just pack in some mountain hours. And as I said earlier, um, because I've had that base historically sort of within two or three weeks, I can go from fairly average shape to almost top shape mm. i think yeah as you say you've you've got that um memory resource within you and then talking back on kit mr kit okay coming yeah. back in far away um sunto watches yeah. now apart from <laughs> you want a fashion fashion part of it I really like the blue one <laughs> um the you know some of the stuff that's coming out technology wise um at the moment is is incredible for runners mm -hmm. you know um obviously the fell runners you know we won't wear watches or anything but you know up in the hills and and that uh your sunto what are you wearing what so what, what so i use a sunto nine barrow um yeah. which is I, I i plot a lot of routes um and then run off the trace on on the watch and it's so easy to do you know the gone is the day where you need to be stopping every every kilometer to look at your map and wonder which way you're going so it's like you do your, you do your pre-preparation and you plot your routes and upload it onto your onto your watch and because it's got a really large face it's it's very easy to easy to use and follow it's um yeah it's a pretty sweet piece of kit to be honest 
And what what else do you use the the Sunto for? What what what's your other apart from obviously telling? Yeah, well, you go, um, I'm on to like your general parameters. Um, so I I train off off heart rate. Um, another one. Do you know? I, I, once again, there's quite a few people that I'm speaking to now that this is their way of training, and I think the the more natural we're getting, as you say, with how you're feeling your feet, with how you how you're running to your your heart rate. It's just making a natural sense, you know, rather than, you know, withholding yourself with minutes and stuff. Yeah, carry on. Can, can you explain yeah, a little so bit I've, about yeah, that so as well? I've always been one to monitor my parameters. I mean, I'm the sort of person that wakes up in the morning, takes my resting heart rate, weighs myself every day and, you know, uploads everything, um, um, all, my, all my training. And I kind of, it's, it's a good way of building up a picture to see where you're at and what works for you. Because if you if you don't really record what you're doing, or you don't really monitor what you're doing, how how are you going to know really what works and be able to reproduce it? Um, so yeah, I do I do all my training off heart rate, but at the same time, you do occasionally have to take it with a pinch of salt and go off feel because obviously heart rate gets influenced by so many factors that you know if you're knackered or something and your heart rate's you know spiking. You're thinking, Christ, you know, I'm working mm. way harder than I should be, but that's just because you're tired. But then that's something that you just learn about your body. But um, yeah, I, I generally go off heart rate and um, running time rather than distance because distance, you know, depends on your, you know, your elevation, what the ground conditions are. If it's windy, if it's not, I don't think distance is a very, you know, people are often like, uh, I want to do. I'm going to do 90 miles this week. Or I'm going to do 100 miles this week, and it's like, well, that's all well and good, mm. but you know, 90 miles on the flat is a totally different ball game to 90 miles when you've clocked up, you know, a few thousand meters of elevation gain as well. So, I'm not an advocate for training off distance, but I'm more on time, and also an advocate of volume isn't the way forward. It's all about specificity and consistency in what you're doing. Yeah, I think you know that that's. It's just, as you say, it's cutting away everything to make it such an easier way to do mm-hmm. it. And then, you know, your Petzl, um, Petzl Torch, I've seen you with a Petzl Torch. What, what have you got on your head? Yeah. Oh, well, they recently, Petzl, again, another pretty cool company, quite handy for the, for the ski mountaineering, ski touring stuff as well. Um, but yeah, from, from their headlamps. So they, they brought out the Swift RL last year, back end of last year, which is kind of, I think it's, it's kind of like the next level kind of headlamp because it's it only weighs 100 grams which is actually you know ridiculously light when it's on your head but it kicks out 900 lumens which is it's like a car head the moon. yeah it's like a car headlight you know when you're running with that thing <laughs> um so that's kind of the kind of the go-to on the running front but i also i always have my bindi which is the tiny one it's like 30 grams i always have yeah. that on me that's one that's like that's kind of like your race head torch where it's like you've got mandatory gear you need a head torch in your stuff sack. You go pets or bindi because it, it's it's nothing, but it's also good enough to use. Um, Thirty grams. Yeah, it's, 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 I know. It, it's like, it, but it's really comfy as well. You you would look at it and you think, how oh, it's going to dig into my head. It really doesn't. And I'm not just saying. I, that, I think. Yeah. And especially for you know people that are running, um, as you say, as well as the day races for anybody that's doing a multi-day stage race where where um, weight is key, mm-hmm. and they're hearing lights, 30 grams. Yeah. You know, marathon does 
knuckles. I think I had like a really thick, heavy one on my head. But for thirty yeah. grams, you're thinking this this is heaven. And also, it's you know, it's, it's light on your neck, isn't it? Yeah, you know, when, exactly. You know, whenever you... Yeah, exactly. Because you, you know, you won't take it off your head. It's got it's just like a draw cord, and you can just wear it like a as a kind of strange fashion sense necklace um, if you're that way inclined. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Like a little bit, like a little like flavor, flavor in Public Enemy with the with the big yeah. around his neck. We're gonna be. Do you know what? I'm gonna try. Yeah. I'm gonna try a pencil round my round my neck. Just, some kind just of a like casual look. New kind of yeah, kind of podcast styly. Sty- stylish but practical. You never know when it's gonna come in handy. It's, it's, I'm gonna do it. I'm going straight into bold into the shopping online shopping, and it's gonna be a bold. That thing. is bold. Yeah. Then, yeah, it's bold. It's bold. Slightly, slightly unique. Yeah, it, I don't know if it's gonna. It's out. Shopping. It's out there. <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> and then um, you, your your um, bandanas and stuff. You, you use uh, pandan. Pandana, so, yes. Yeah, so that's that's quite yeah. a niche one. So pandana would been a kind of really really long-term sponsor back from the cycling days um right. yeah so they're they're a company that's based in boulder in colorado um just run by a really nice guy called henrik and he's gonna be wearing a petzl around his neck in colorado. <laughs> he's 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 cool like cold beer yeah he's, yes. he, yeah he's a cool guy yeah you should uh, check out his instagram he's onto these like retro uh, bikes and motorbikes and but yeah so they they make um basically these you know like neck tubes um and they come in like yeah like so it's, it's sort of thing it's a bit like my bindi i always have it in my bag because you know what the weather's like here it can get pretty horrible and it you know like uh, other brands they're really versatile and and then food wise um the nutrition talk you, you put yeah nutrition talk um because you're not out as long as other no nah. <laughs> but what you know whenever you're fueling you need to you know get the most out of your fuel morning of a race and stuff for instance you know you're going to be doing the you know um scar file or one of the races what are you going to have in the morning um, um you, some, know, you an empty yeah this yeah. morning i'm just going to eat some porridge um with some banana and some honey on it um that's it's just easy to get down you know it's got some slow release carbohydrate um plus a bit of a bit of sugar in the honey um i find that for that for length of races i'm doing so anything up to about four hours it's not massively important what you're eating that morning it's more that you can get it down you and that you're not gonna have yeah. stomach cramps or or something like that so you know I, even though four hours you know some might sound long and to others you might sound like it's not even worth putting trainers on for um but it's quite intense um so you do need to have something that's not gonna not gonna sit too heavy in the stomach um so that's what i would eat eat morning and then um and then i'm obviously using the the talk products during during and before and during races and after you're saying the products because they they've got some great wild flavors haven't they oh yeah what was the was there like um like a cake flavor they did just before um was it last year? Oh, they they do things now. like mince pie um flavor bars. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. That that talk talk um spelled T O R Q, bit of a rogue spelling, but um yeah, they they were another like long term sponsor back from back from cycling that stayed with me for I don't know how long we now probably nearly ten years, and they they've really grown as a company. 
and the, oh, the, the yeah. products, as you say, some of the some of the flavors just ridiculous. Like if you if you struggle to get down energy products, definitely try out the talk stuff because whether it's you you know you consuming some of the energy during some of their isotonic stuff, you know, like some of the some of the ones can be a bit sticky and you know when you're breathing yeah. heavy and you're sort of going everywhere and it's getting mixed in with your spit and you're like you know it's hot absolutely revolting i don't find the torque is sticky it goes down pretty easily um whilst containing everything you need um and then the gels because they got so many different flavors like i like genuinely look forward to taking a gel which i don't think you can say very often like some of the um, the bakewell tart oh, that was like I know there's just some ridiculous flavors in there. Like I think my favorite is possibly the Bonoffi, um caffeine gel. Oh. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. If you haven't tried it, get get involved. Even if you're not oh, running, yeah. <laughs> if you've just got if you've just got friends round in a dinner party, you just start them off with that and some olives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and do, do you do you have like a, a post race you know mix? Yeah, so I'll so consume on, one or? of their recovery drinks with. Um, I drink it with milk just because it makes it into a milkshake and it's they it genuinely takes like a very very nice milkshake um what would be favorite flavor on that one a bit of a toss-up because there's so many um maybe cookies and cream if you've got a sweet tooth um yeah Bad. i'm sad yeah. <laughs> i've had two boiled eggs before the show this morning <laughs> i just want to go i just want to go eat some some, some, some talk and some talk food. energy products yeah. Do they that I like the you know as you say um, having the milk with the mm. mix is that something that they say or is that something that you've introduced just to get an extra bit of nutrients? Yeah, so yeah, I, it's mainly for the protein. So I used to drink it with soy milk because um, soy milk's generally got higher protein than um, dairy milk. Um, but I just like dairy milk, and you know, being an advocate for UK agriculture, I've got to support the dairy industry as well. <laughs> yeah, no. The, I think it's you know, <laughs> I I I might just have like a talk um, a talk gel night um, a test a tasting night not not when like people are running up and down mountains but it's sort of like you know you have a wine testing evening mm. we could have like a, a talk testing you're going to have to have some sort of physical <laughs> exercise after that because everyone's going to be jacked up you know everyone's going to be like yes. bouncing off the walls so. <laughs> We're just gonna have. We're gonna put some public enemy on. Bit of Run DMC. We'll all have our like petrol torches flashing in the room, and we're just gonna have a great old time. Sounds, sounds pretty wild. <laughs> and just watch and just watch some Golden uh, Trail World Series yeah. videos. I say we. It's just probably gonna be. Me. Um, <laughs> <in that house. laughs> oh, wow. Hey, listen, Seb. I'm, I'm, we, we've gone on. It's been. A pleasure speaking with you this morning. Thank you, um, thank you for having will me. Will you come back on the show after each race that you do? Are you doing all of the nationals? Yeah, so or... I should be down for, down for all of them. And as I say, I'll see what else fits into the calendar because there's definitely a couple of the, the World Series that would suit my strengths, like the Dolomiths and Sierra Zanal. So if I can sneak them in, um, I, I will do. So we'll see. We'll see. Oh, brilliant. And then, so do you mind after... Each, I say, do you mind what I'm doing? I've got my hands clasped together and I'm doing the prayer, <laughs> no. kind of. Please, did you mind coming back on the show? Uh, very welcome to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's fantastic. And then we can just have like a, um, a, a an on on the ground sort of feedback for us all 
as as the year goes on with these races. But listen, I'm going to let you get back to your study. Thank Seb, you. I can't thank you uh, enough. Great chatting to you. And um, yeah, and to you. 